You're listening to Just Hit Play with your hosts, Peter and Nick Cabral. If you're tired of your stagnant, streamed music feed, then strap yourselves in for an intergenerational sonic journey through Peter and Nick's favorite songs. Welcome to episode 85 of Just Hit Play. I'm your host, Peter. With me is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how you doing? Doing well. Uh, you know, nothing too exciting going on over here. Just school and work, really, uh, this week, but... It's all good. It's all good. Can't complain about life. <laughs> now we're recording this episode a week early, so we're kind of gonna. This is gonna be in the future. So as of yesterday, when we recorded the last episode, you were stuck in a snowstorm. How are you doing today? Uh, yeah, doing okay now. Um, the walk home was a bit treacherous. <laughs> the sidewalks are like icy and snowy and all that, yeah. but uh, hasn't really snowed at all today, so it's been pretty fine. Pretty uneventful. Yeah, we've. It seems like it's a little bit cooler today. Yesterday got up to like 33, 34 degrees with humidity. It feels it's a little bit overcast today, so it doesn't feel too bad today. But I have no idea what the day is going to hold. It looks like there's might be some thunderstorms coming through, which would be nice to break break down the weather a little bit, get rid of this humidity for a bit. Yeah, I know. Funny opposite problems, eh? <laughs> yes, yes. Yesterday was a terrible, terrible warm day. Uh, and in our Brisbane studios is our sound engineer, Darren. Darren, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Cool. Are you ready to get into some music, Nicholas? I sure am. I sure am. All right. Well, you were up first, so please tell us about your artist. Well, this week I I hit you with something a little special, and that is the boss, the big man, Bruce Springsteen. Mm. He is on this song. It is Chinatown by Bleachers, featuring none other than Bruce Springsteen himself. Uh, I'm a really big fan of this song love right. Bruce yep. Springsteen uh, so yeah can't wait to hear what you thought about it and talk about it some more so Darren why don't you just hit play just like you I can't leave I'm here but in order for you to play with this record just here but I've been gone just a little too So that's the intro to the music video for Chinatown. Uh, It's a really lovely song, I think. I only came across it a few months ago, but it's already uh, becoming one of my favorites. So what did you think of this one? It's a very interesting song, and it's obviously... Uh, if you're watching the video as we're talking about the song, you can tell this artist really loved the 80s. Uh, it looks like it's a it's a music video filmed in the 80s. He has a lot of he's got the leather jacket, he's got the white t-shirt on, which is very uh, typical Bruce Springsteen 80s moments. And he, to me, this was like a love letter to to uh, to the boss. It was a love letter to Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, absolutely. It's it sounds like, and we're gonna get into uh, Bleachers, and more importantly man behind the bleachers uh, we're gonna get into that but uh, he loves Bruce Springsteen and he loves right. the 80s you're absolutely right uh, everything he does musically is heavily inspired by the 80s sound of, of music at that time so yeah that's uh that's really the, the most apparent thing right away about this song right. is if someone was familiar with uh, Jack Antonoff and yep. had never heard this song, 
my, I mean, my first reaction when I heard this song was, yep, that's Jack Antonoff doing Bruce Springsteen. Um, right, right. And for me, it works because I love his work and I love Bruce Springsteen's work, so it seems like a really good match. But yeah, um, it wears its influences on its sleeve. Yeah, there's a band, I think we've listened to them before, called Jesus and Mary Chain. And his vocal stylings is sounds so much like what the Jesus and Mary Chain were doing in the 90s. Like, it's almost like a, to me, it was like, I, it was eerily close on, on how much it sounded like 90s versions of Jesus and Mary Chain. Not the song, just the, uh, just the vocals. Yeah, I really love how he did his vocals on this song. It's really like, there's a lot of subtle effects put on it, and it sounds yeah. so, in the mix, the vocals sound so close to you. Uh, so it makes it like a really intimate song but then you have the instrumental which is like really uh, grand and euphoric and anthemic like a typical Bruce Springsteen song uh, so I thought that's that's a cool little thing now the song really takes off for me is when Bruce comes in uh, I think his vocals I think he's a bit of a bit of a better singer than uh, what's the name of the guy who's in who's in this band uh, Jack Antonoff Jack I think he's a better singer than Jack Antonoff, and the and the song sort of gets elevated uh, when when Bruce comes in. Now I don't know if he is a better singer than Jack Antonoff. I'm just talking about this song specifically since this is the only song that I know where his vocal range wasn't didn't extend his vocal range at all in the song. So uh, it, it really gets elevated when Bruce comes in. Yeah, I I mean I think you're absolutely right. Jack Antonoff, he's not really much of a singer. Like that's not really what he does. Right. He does happen to be the front man of a, of a band, but singing's not really his thing. Um, I, I agree with you. I think the song does take off when Bruce comes in, uh, yeah. especially when their voices like meld together and start harmonizing. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was cool how they blended the, those two voices together. Yes. Now, did you pick up on the little subtle hints of Bruce Springsteen as the video was sort of going? Yeah. Like, there's the there's the New Jersey T-shirt, which Bruce Springsteen obviously is from New Jersey. There's a lot of cars. Bruce Springsteen loves cars. Uh, you know, one of his most famous song is called Thunder Road. And if you look at one point in the video, they're driving and you see lightning going off. So that's an homage to probably one of his best songs, Thunder Road. He has another song called, um, it's, it's, a, it's called Cadillac. Uh, so as you see in the song too, I think, I think they're driving a Cadillac in the song and it's called Cadillac ranch, if I'm not mistaken. So I think they're driving a Cadillac. So there's a lot of things that give homage to, to, to the boss. Yeah. And I mean, none of that surprises me. Jack Antonoff, uh, born in New Jersey, um, in the eighties. And he has gone on record many, many times in many different publications saying Bruce Springsteen. It's by far his biggest musical idol, his biggest right. inspiration. And that also makes this song cool because this is someone who achieved their their dreams, you know, of making yeah. a song with their idol, someone that they've spent their whole career trying to um, get to that level of, of making the music that they were inspired to make because of Bruce Springsteen. And I, I think that's just cool on a personal level for, for Jack that he was able to make this song. Now, where do I know the name from? Is he a producer? Is Jack Antonoff a producer? Is that he where I would is. know him from? So Jack Antonoff, the man behind Bleachers, it's Bleachers is like uh, he does all the music, tours with a band. Yeah. Um, he is one of the most influential figures in uh, and prolific uh, producers in pop music in the last decade. He was the guitarist and drummer of the band Fun. 
Do you remember that band oh, with Nate yep. Royce? Yep. Yeah. So he was the guitarist and drummer of Fun, but then when they went on hiatus in 2015, that's what allowed him to sort of focus on his producing career and Bleacher's music. So right. Okay. That's where you might recognize him from. He's worked with tons of yeah, who's, superstars. Who, who's he? Is he Taylor Swift? Is is he worked with Taylor Swift? Yeah. So Taylor okay. Swift is probably the biggest one. Uh, it started off with him just doing like four or five songs on an album for right. her, but her most recent album that came out last year, he produced the entire album, uh, co-song wrote the, the entire album. He's right. done the same thing for Lana Del Rey, Lord, uh, the 1975's newest album was all Jack Antonoff, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, Claro. They've all, they've all oh, worked okay. with this guy. That's sort of where I recognized him from. Yeah, I, I thought he, I thought he had done some work with Taylor Swift. Uh, uh, does that make me a Swifty? Because I know that I, I don't know. Am I officially in 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 the Swifty bandwagon? I don't know. It, it might. I honestly, I'm impressed. And oh, well, there yeah, you I'm, go. I'm impressed. You knew that. Maybe I can put that as a as a thing on my Facebook. You know, uh, Swifty. I'll put that. In, I'll put that there. If you put like hashtag Swifty on one of the posts you do for the podcast, right. yeah, good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Come here for Taylor Swift. Stay for the knowledge. That's, exactly. That's what I, exactly. Yeah. Cool. So you said you've only heard the song a few months ago. Yeah, I only stumbled across it a few months ago. I, I don't know. I've never really delved too deeply into Jack's work under the Bleachers name. Um, I've heard a little bit of it, but really the main thing is, is he's not like the greatest singer. It's, he's not a singer. He's a producer and a guitarist, a drummer. So there's like a few songs that I really do like, but haven't really gone through the whole discography of, of Bleachers. Yep, yep. Uh, this song, though, I really enjoy. I think it's great. Yeah. No, uh, I, I haven't actually said that I actually really like this song. Sorry, I, I should probably have started with that. It's a really cool song. I think you're right. I think when their vocals sort of go together, um, it's it, it takes the song to another place. Um, I love the homage to to the 80s sort of sound. Yeah, it's really, really good. So um, it even has that like like mid-80s sort of sound to it with, you know, a bit of keys, a little bit of guitar. Uh, it's sort of jangly a little bit. It has It has that mid-80s feel to it. I really dug it. Yeah, there's some some prominent glockenspiel on this song. Yes, <laughs> there are. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's... It- Jack Antonoff, uh, he clearly loves the '80s. Like every, all of his production, all of his music, it, you can see where it comes from. It mm. uh, the the immersive synths and like uh, sort of anthemic, euphoric sound. Um, it's it's all over his production, and uh, yeah, his his music really to me, any anything he makes, it feels like he just wants to make something really big and grand um something that hits every pleasure center in your brain at the same time type thing um and sometimes it's like a little too much uh but other times like with this song i think he 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 got it done you know it doesn't go under the trope of modern music making it does feel like it it feels like an older type of song where where there's a lot of pauses you could hear the background you can hear the music uh, you know, uh, a lot of music today is even the low parts and the high and the and the loud parts are played almost on the same level, so you don't get that dynamic range that is very evident in older music. I think this 
his production style has has really played homage to to an older sound. Yeah, I, yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's something I hadn't really picked up on too much. But yeah, yeah it, even down to the production techniques and how they made mm-hmm. this song, yeah, it's it's pretty accurate. Um, and I think that just goes down to how much he loves Bruce Springsteen and the music of this time, where he is such a such a big fan that he wanted to do everything right down to the last detail, down to putting the right type of car in the music video. Right. Now, have you heard how, or did you read up on how Bruce got involved? Was this like, was this a last minute thing? Was this a collaboration they had been planning on for a long time? Did you, have you heard anything about that? Uh, Yeah. I basically, it was just something that um, came together over the pandemic when they were recording this album. Um, He reached out, he reached out to Bruce and said, Hey, like, big fan really want to make this song with you like is there some way we could get it done and yeah they got in the studio and and this is what came out of it it's almost like how kendrick lamar got you two to play on on one of his tracks maybe this is like sort of similar you know these artists you know getting together with older artists to 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 bring them to newer fresher ears i guess exactly yeah i mean i i would absolutely put my life savings on the fact that uh, there were a lot of people who heard Bruce Springsteen for the first time on this song, which is wild yes. to think of, but uh, yeah. a lot of people definitely had that experience. One of the biggest selling recording artists of all time, like not just in North America, like the world, like he is, he's, he sold so many records. Oh yeah. 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 But this yeah. it's really nice to Jack Antonoff to give him a platform to, yeah. uh, to reach, reach new audiences. Yeah, give him a bit of a break, right? He needs he needs that break. Bruce does. Yeah, get, get give the old man, uh, you know, some some Absol- pity streams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see what else. What other? Uh, now, obviously, this is his band, and you mentioned he was in another band. Is are they? You said they went on a hiatus. Are they coming back together? Fun. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm. Okay. I can't see them really coming back together. Jack is. I mean, he's at the point in his career where he's just doing solo production for entire albums for pop superstars, like a couple sure. times a year, Yeah, which is a lot. And uh, he's also said he's releasing a new Bleachers album this year. Okay. So I can't really see Fun ever coming back together again. I feel like he's sort of outgrown that band and yeah. you know, all the power to him. This guy is, a, I mean, he's one producer of the year at the Grammys, uh, at least sure. once, maybe twice. Uh, yeah. he's huge right now and all the power to him. He makes pretty good music. Yeah, no, that was, that was fantastic. Thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. Darren, what, what did you think of Chinatown? Yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Very 80 sound. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Glad you enjoyed. Okay. Um, we're going to get into some Iggy pop now. Now you've listened to uh, Iggy pop and the Stooges. I want to be your dog, which you didn't particularly like. You didn't mind the you didn't mind the track so much, but it was Iggy Pop that you had a problem with. You had a problem with his vocal styles. Um, I won't stop until you like an Iggy Pop song. So okay. that's my prom- <laughs> That's my promise to you. Uh, and for the next few weeks, I'm gonna get you to listen to songs that have to be listened to. Some of the greatest, I think, some of the greatest songs ever recorded. And we're gonna start with Iggy Pop "Lust for Life," which was released in 1977. Darren, just hit play. Here comes Johnny, yeah, again. 
All right, there's Iggy Pop and Lust for Life. Nick, tell me what you thought of the song. Well, I've got good news. I yeah. do like this song. It's a good song. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy listening to it. Uh, and I think Iggy Pop is actually not that annoying on this song. So, <laughs> yeah. It, you can you can rest. You, you can okay. go to bed uh, with a smile on your face tonight knowing I do like an Iggy Pop song. Now, Rolling Stone named this one the 325th greatest song ever recorded in 2021. As I mentioned, this song was released in 1977, but came to prominence again in the 90s and i'll go through that a little bit later obviously you're watching the video um if you're watching this on youtube the video is showing uh it was the videos from the movie train spot but we'll talk about that a little bit later uh this was recorded in berlin in 1977 with david bowie david bowie produced this oh. so at the time in 1977 iggy uh, was addicted to drugs he had spent a bit of time in an insane asylum in America, and then he moved to Europe to be with Iggy Pop, uh, to be with David Bowie. I'm sorry, so he, he could try to get off drugs. And they recorded two albums together. The first album being the uh, an album called The Idiot. And when Iggy toured that album, David Bowie was was the keyboardist on the tour. Wow. Again, David Bowie and Iggy Pop wrote the wrote the album, and then they produced it. After the Idiot's tour was done, they got back into Hansa Studios, that was the studio in Berlin, and recorded this album. Uh, again, David Bowie and Iggy Pop recording. Um, RCA, the uh, the record company that had this, uh, that Iggy Pop was signed to, didn't do any promotion work for this song at all. So in a lot of ways, this song was long and forgotten until Trainspotting came back around. Wow. Wow, that's that's crazy. I, for one, had no idea that this song was made with David Bowie. Did not know Iggy yeah. Pop did two collab albums with with him. That's yeah. really cool. Really, really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't also doesn't surprise me that this song uh, was like really linked to Train Spotting. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> um, this time in 1977, they were working specifically in Berlin in Hansa Studios. Uh, so, as I mentioned, this album was done. Uh, this the, the album this comes from is called Lust for Life. That's the name of the album as well. And the idiot were all done in Berlin Hansa Studios. And you know the song Heroes by David Bowie? I do. Yeah, that was also recorded in Berlin. So uh, Iggy Pop recorded two albums in Berlin, and David Bowie recorded three albums in, in Berlin um, while they were trying to come off drugs. Uh, I don't know if Berlin's the best city in the world to be in if you're trying to come off drugs, but uh, yeah, that's what we have. Yeah, from what I've heard of the party scene in Berlin, I don't think it's a good place to try to get clean. But no, I'd be really curious because obviously they were in West Berlin because uh, at the time East Berlin was you know you couldn't really go to East Berlin. Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see what West Berlin was like in 1977. I'm guessing uh, half of the city was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, you'd hope yeah. anyway. Yeah. Uh, in 1990 and 1991, U2 recorded Octung Baby in the same studio. So they wanted that vibe, that David Bowie, Iggy Pop vibe for Octung Baby. So they also recorded Octung Baby in, in the same studios in 1990 and 1991. Damn. Okay. So this, yeah. this studio is like the place to go in Berlin if, if you want to make some music while you're there. Yeah, there's a funny story. Um, U2 were on the last plane when when berlin and germany were still divided so uh they flew into berlin new year's 
day, I think 1989, because uh, they were going to start recording their album. So they were literally the last plane while Germany was still communist and before the re- reunification. Um, and the house that, that Bono was staying in was technically in, was in West Berlin. And in the middle of the night, he woke up to get a drink of water in the house that he was renting. And there's a family in the kitchen. And um, what had happened was the family had been visiting relatives in East Berlin when the wall went up and they were now residents of East Berlin because they couldn't then come across the border. So when the wall went down, they reclaimed their house that they they hadn't lived in since the 60s and kicked kicked Bono out of the house and Bono had to go stay with the edge. Um, (laughs) So uh, yeah, that's a funny aside. I think Bono said he woke up, was walking around the house naked and he walked into the kitchen while there was this this German family telling him to get out of their house. Hey, I mean, fair enough. Uh, (laughs) Get the hell out of their house, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, they, yeah, they reclaimed their house in 1990. Yeah, New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Yeah. So you gotta love uh, you gotta love East West Berlin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's such a crazy thing that it's. I can't believe that really happened in history since I wasn't around for that. But yeah, wild. It was. It was. A, it was a strange time. Um, yeah. What else about this song? Um, yeah. It, uh, like I said, it wasn't a hit at all. Uh, it, it did marginally well in England and uh, strangely in Holland. It did really well in Holland. It went to number number four. Uh, but Iggy Pop, you know, he's just one of those guys that while he was around for years and years and years, didn't really start getting back into popularity until Trainspotting. Uh, that's when it happened for him. Well, yeah, I, I really, one of my favorite things about the song is the juxtaposition between uh, how catchy and upbeat it is and how the lyrics are very much about uh, mm. drug addiction and like yes, just being <laughs> like messed up on drugs and what it can do to your life and all of that. Uh, love that. think it's amazing that the, there's, there is that juxtaposition. So yeah, the perfectly fits with train spotting. Was it used in the movie yeah. or something? Yeah, It was heavily used in the movie. So it was uh, in the trailer as well on the soundtrack of the album. Okay. Uh, and I believe this was 96, 97 when the, when train spotting came out. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Iggy Pop, uh, he he writes, he does a really good job of writing songs about drugs that uh, on first listen, you wouldn't really think are about drugs, much like Lou Reed. I think he's got the, they, they have that in common. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ray Manzarek, who is the keyboardist of The Doors, wrote that this this song is in reference to their heroin dealer called Gypsy Johnny, uh, who would show up with his heroin and for some reason, he had motorized dildos with him. Uh, I don't know why Gypsy Johnny had motorized dildos with him, but apparently this song references uh, Gypsy Johnny in the song, too. All right. Well, shout out Gypsy Johnny. Um, seems like a character. <laughs> Who I'm guessing is no longer with us. Uh, just I'm just going out on a limb saying that he's 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 dead. Yeah, safe assumption. Safe assumption. That is a safe assumption. Um, yeah, the last thing I want to say is what Iggy Pops has said about this this record. Um, so this is what this is a quote from him. Um, I really thought that this this is what he said. I really thought America was going to rock to this motherfucker, and it took twenty years, which is a really long time to wait. I guess what happened is that there was this system that wasn't going to fucking give me a break, and I outlived the system. The movies and advertisers have subverted the stranglehold of radio in America. 
And all of a sudden, a few years ago, train spotting came out and I'm walking down the street and all I heard was this song coming out of bars. So there you yeah. go. Uh, he knew it was a hit 20 years ago in 1977, but it just did not get any radio play at all. Yeah. That's why record labels are the worst. <laughs> and yeah, I like what he said there about the, the strangleholds that radio has or had mm-hmm. rather. I mean, now it's obviously not a stranglehold yeah, so at much. all. Um, no, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it very much was at the time. So Now, remember Iggy and the Stooges, when he was around, he was writhing on stage on broken glass and scar in his body. So he was always just an odd character, and that's probably why uh, Radio Safe America refused to play Iggy and the Stooges or Iggy Pop. Yeah, I, like I get that, but I don't because I think it's just cool. Like everything I've heard about him, about Iggy Pop, is he's this really mm-hmm. crazy character, but he really just existed for the art. You know, he was trying to make cool stuff, trying to be a provocative, evocative figure. And I've got nothing but respect for that. Um, And as far as the song itself, it's, I think it's really fun. It's uh, short, which I like. I like that it's brief because it's so energetic and upbeat. Um, Much like last week's song, Kill Your Television. Mm. Yeah. I find that's really similar to this song where they're just a little short uh, bursts of energy and enthusiasm really easy to listen to so yeah got nothing bad to say about this one really and i can attest that i remember i was at a bar that had a jukebox player and i put this song on i put my little quarter in the jukebox and i played this song and the entire bar it was a packed bar was really grooving to this song it just has that really groove danceable you know thing to it especially if you're drunk a jukebox i've that's so crazy to me that that was a thing. Yeah. No, jukeboxes got a little bit better. Uh, there were jukeboxes that had 45s, like actual vinyl. And then uh, jukeboxes moved in, in the 90s to CDs. So uh, the music got a little bit better and, and uh, wasn't so susceptible to break, like, uh, like vinyl would break after multiple, multiple uses. But I remember my friend Dave, he even had a jukebox in his house that had vinyl in it. So we would always just, and his parents had all these vinyls in the jukebox and we'd call up a song and uh, it would get put on the record uh, record and it, uh, yeah, we'd listen to music that way. That's nuts. Like what a cool system. Yeah. Especially like you can just, if you want to hear, if you're out drinking with your friends and you really want to hear a song, you could just go put it on. Like that's, exactly that's also right, really yeah. cool. Yeah. And I think a quarter bought you like maybe three songs. So, uh, you could, you could pop in three songs and, uh, yeah, some of them were awful. Some people put on a lot of bad music and you're stuck. You can't turn it off yeah. because they, they put their quarter in. So you have to listen to Garth Brooks or whatever, whatever awful song they picked or Creed. We're going to get into a little bit of Creed later. Um, and then you just have to sit there with it. But you know, sometimes you got guys like me that would put on good music. Yeah. If I were around in the jukebox era, I would just be, uh, stand, like standing next to the jukebox all night, just feeding it quarters yeah. to play whatever yeah. I want to hear. <laughs> Yeah, no, a lot of people did that. A lot of people would dominate the scene by doing that. Yeah, that's I would be I would be that guy that is just <laughs> refusing to relinquish control. <laughs> the only awful thing about being in the bars in, in the 90s and 80s and subsequently earlier times is you would come home reeking of cigarettes mm-hmm. um, and that would stay that smell would be in your clothes for days and days and days especially in canada where you're wearing big heavy winter coats and um you would just come out reeking of smoke and it was it's so much better now where i'm guessing you can now go to a club and not come home smelling like cigarettes yeah i don't think i've ever come home smelling like cigarettes from a club 
So yeah, that is a nice improvement. It is very, it's a much better improvement because it was, it was, it was awful. Yeah. Absolutely. I can awful. Imagine. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Now you might still get a few more Iggy pop songs, but we'll, we'll tackle that as we go. Yeah, no problem. No problem. He's, he's growing on me. He didn't yeah. annoy me on this song. I actually thought it was like cool uh, how his vocals sounded a bit drugged out. Like he was so laid back and um, yeah. Yeah. He didn't annoy how, me. How, how good was that drum beat at the beginning too? Yeah. Yeah. The interplay between the drum and bass is so good. Yeah. yeah and so uh, there's, a, there's a lot. There's, there's a line in the song that I just thought of that has always confused me. Um, where he references, he goes, but I've had it in the ear before. I was mm. like, what has he had in the ear before? I, I never really figured that part out. It's uh, so, like injecting it, drugs in, in the ear. Is it a drug injection thing? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, if you can't get like your arms, if your arms are really messed up for whatever reason. So, um, uh, okay. That's like a secondary. Well, not a, so not it between, wouldn't really be a backup. <laughs> yeah, I've heard like between the toes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you'd go, probably go between the toes first and then like ear. The earlobe. Okay. It's a well, thank you. Common tertiary yeah. site for injections. Well, thank you very much, Iggy, for uh, for leaving that one in my in my mind. Yeah, there you go. Uh, how about you, Darren? I'm guessing you've heard the song before, and what your what are your thoughts? Yeah, heard it. Yeah, it got a nice beat and all that, but not an everyday song. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Transpotting? No, I've heard much about it. I know essentially the entire premise of the movie, but never got around to it. Um, I don't know. It's just I I know it's a depressing movie. That's what I hear about it. Yep. That it's like a, a depressing but also like sort of funny movie. And I've yep, never really great been movie. in the mood. Never really been in the mood for that. So I I saw I saw Trainspotty in the cinemas when it came out, and um, I remember I was eating nachos with drippy cheese when a particular scene in the movie happened and I put away my nachos. Uh, I wasn't going to eat those anymore. So um, you'll, if you ever see the movie, you'll probably know what scene I'm, I'm, I'm sort of talking about. It okay. definitely put me off the drippy cheese nachos. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good to know that that yeah. really makes me want to watch the movie even more. So it's a, it's a great movie. A T2 there, it, there's a sequel to, to uh, the transpotting called, I think it's called T2. Uh, it's good. Uh, not as good as the original. The original sort of had that really special place in cinema history. Hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, what song do you have for me for next week? Uh, for next week, uh, you're going to listen to the song New Magic Wand by Tyler, the Creator. Ooh, we haven't heard Tyler and the Creator in a while. Yeah, we're revisiting. Now, Tyler, the Creator, I believe, was the artist that I didn't like it when I heard it. Then a week later, I came back and I said I liked it. Yes, yeah. When we did uh, his song "See You Again," you were pretty yep. lukewarm on it when we recorded the episode. But you've since yeah. gone on record saying uh, you get the song now; it's grown on you. Yeah, I did like it a lot. Yeah, I don't know why that song really stayed with me, and I and I subsequently kept listening to it, and I and liked it a lot better in the second week than I did in the first week. Well, hopefully, uh, if you don't if you don't like New Magic Wand on the first couple listens, hopefully that makes yeah. you stick with it. Maybe I'll stick with it. Yeah. Um, and we're going to continue down this road of songs that you have to listen to before you die. My version of it. And we're going to go with Crimson and Clover by Tommy James and the Shondells. Okay. Never heard of them, but cool. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be good. It's a good song. You're, you're, I, I think you're going to, I think you're going to dig it. 
Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, let's get into this week in movie history. This week in history. All right. In 1973, uh, again, we're going to go with 1973 because that was the year that I was born. The number one movie in cinemas is still the Poseidon Adventure. So that must have been a huge movie because it's been number one for weeks. Uh, so I took a look down the list of what other movies were on the list to see if there's any other interesting ones. And Fiddler on the Roof was there. I think it was number 13 that week uh, in popularity. So we're going to listen to If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. Darren, do it. All day long I If I were a wealthy man I wouldn't have to work hard There you go, there's a little bit of Fiddler on the Roof and he was not on the roof in the video, he was on the ground. I guess he can't be on the roof the whole time. No, that'd be a bit derivative. It would be. You have to build up to him being on the roof, I guess. Exactly, yeah. In the the year 2000, uh, the number one movie, and again, the year 2000 is the year Nick was born in, is Scream 3. Um, Have you ever seen Scream 3? I don't even think I've seen Scream 1. I've seen 1 and 2. I don't think I've ever seen Scream 3. Now, this might be the worst soundtrack I have ever heard. Let let me rephrase it. This might be the worst soundtrack that I've never heard, but I've seen who's on the soundtrack. Okay. 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 Here's who's on the soundtrack. And this is why the year 2000 might be the worst year in music. You have Creed with two songs. Worst band. Uh, Slipknot is there. Fuel. Finger 11. Godsmack. Incubus. Stained in System of a Down, all on this song, on the song soundtrack. All right. Wow. That is some bad, bad music. Um, so we're going to listen to Creed. What if? Now, do we have to? I can. Well, let me say this. Even though I was, you know, you were born in the year 2000, obviously you weren't alive yet because you were born in September. I was around and I never heard the song until, until I listened to it now. So. We're just going to listen to a few seconds. So this is Creed with What If. That's fucking shit. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> why Why is yeah. Why is it like mixed? Like every instrument is on one track. Like yeah. It's all, it just morphs, but not in like a good way, like a shoegaze way. It's just... Uh, like droning noise, but again, not in a good way. You know, it's funny. The digital sound was really, really good when it came out, but the problem with digital sound now is that how it's mixed is awful. Um, Like the chili peppers, the new chili pepper stuff is probably the most egregious example of this, that the low parts of the song and the high parts of the song are recorded at the same level. So, there's not that much of a dynamic range anymore. And apparently that's just the way modern music sounds. It just sounds like the same constant level, no matter if it's, if it's a, if it's a quieter part of the song or a loud part of the song, it just all sounds loud. Well, that's like this song, which was came out in the year 2000. So yeah, it's not awful. No Creed is shit. And if you have purchased a Creed song or an album, you're wrong and you should really rethink your life. Let me just say that. 
Yeah, co-sign. I co-sign that statement. Um, what are you up to for the rest of the week? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, not much. As I said last episode, still planning on hanging out with my dad this weekend. So looking forward oh, to good, that. Okay. Yeah, tell him I say uh, hey. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. We're I, we're thinking of going to see that uh, new Martin McDonough movie, the Banshees of Inisherin. I want to see that too because I loved the um, uh, the the uh, what was it called, uh, Bruges movie. Yeah, in Bruges. Yep, same director, yeah. same two actors. I love everything yeah. uh, that director's put out. So I'm really looking yeah. forward to to seeing it. Well, yeah, I want I want to. See, me and Angie were talking about going to see that in theaters as well. So yeah, cool. Yeah, what about uh, you? I'm off. To, I'm off to Melbourne next week for a few days for work. Uh, that's pretty much it. It's getting into my busy work period. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, how about you, Darren? What are you up to? Nothing exciting. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk about an independent artist now, who is Jacob D'Souza. Now, obviously, Jacob is a friend of ours. Uh, when I was in Canada last, uh, you know, I did break bread in his presence. Uh, so, and I did also uh, take pictures of Jacob. Uh, so, I, you might not know him, a photographer. And we went out and did some press shots for uh, for records, promotional stuff. So, uh, yeah, we really dig uh, Jacob and really like his music. And this is a song called Take Me Away by Jacob D'Souza. And we'll talk to you guys next week. I've got a lump in my throat I didn't think I cared that much But here I am in the dark Wishing for someone else to come and save me I've got something on my mind But I wouldn't dare speak up Cause I don't know what to say When I'm so terrified of how you react Take me someplace far away where we can run away together. I want you all to myself, but I don't wanna be selfish like that. But when the sun comes up, you're still the first one I think of. And when the sun
You've been listening to Just Hit Play. To contact your hosts, Peter and Nick, or to be featured on an episode as musical talent, email justhitplay7300 at gmail.com. Keep up to date with news and announcements by following on Instagram and Facebook, linked in the show notes. Subscribe on your favourite podcatcher to tune in next week for more Sonic Delights. And if you can't wait till then, check out the Just Hit playlist on Spotify, linked in the show notes. A special thanks to Braden Munch for the theme song, and thank you for listening.